there was a challenge issued to us yesterday by someone. By you. By me. <laughs> a video game that you would like to see turned into a movie. This, of course, comes off the back of our chat about the Super Mario Bros. movie uh, with James Cruz that was in yesterday's episode. Mo, you've had a night to think about this. Hopefully that was enough time for you. Do, have you come up with a good answer? I have come up with the greatest answer. Uh-huh. Untitled Goose Game. The movie. Have you ever played it? No. I went on the website, and this is all the website says. It's a lovely morning in the village, and you are a horrible goose. And all you do is run around and cause havoc. That's the entire point of the game. Just a movie about a goose causing chaos. And they could call it Untitled Goose Movie. Anyway, let's get to the show, shall we? Kia ora, this is Newsball. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. Turns out salary levels in New Zealand are at record highs. That's pretty fun during a cost of living crisis, but we want to know, how do you get some of that sweet cheddar and ask for a pay rise? Sweet, sweet cheddar. (laughs) Speaking of the cost of living and cheddar, why are groceries so much cheaper across the Tasman Sea? Might be time to plan an Aussie OE, am I? We'll explain what's going on with Fox News heading to court over airing false claims about the 2020 presidential election. And what stopped a musical in its tracks as it was going on in the UK? And are you indeed yourself guilty of this crime? We've got all of that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Hey, here's a headline that is uh, great and yet somewhat confusing as we steer possibly down the barrel of a recession. New Zealand's average salary is at a record high. And the largest salary increases were in the South Island, with the West Coast now overtaking Auckland to come in as the second highest paid region following Wellington, which is still the top dog there. So seeing as pay packets are a chonky all round, now seems like a pretty good time to ask your boss for a pay rise. And here to tell us exactly how to go about it is Matt Tolich from Trade Me. Kia ora, Matt. Kia ora. So, Matt, what's the first thing you need to do or consider if you're going to ask your boss for a bit more dosh? Yeah, I think the first thing you need to do is go online and, and have a look about at other roles um, in the same categories that, you, that you're currently working with and see what you, your value is. Um And next is to actually just go and ask your boss. If you don't get the response you want... You know, I really recommend applying for a couple of job roles. It's uh, It seems scary, but go for some interviews. Um, it doesn't commit you to the fact that you're having to leave your current role. Um, and go and have some conversations out there. And and then, you know, you can take that back to your boss, your current boss again, and, and, and really have an open conversation about what the market is telling you that you're worth. When you say go and find your worth and, and comparable salaries, where are you going to find that information? Yeah, so we've got that information on Trade Me Jobs, um, but you can also have a look at job listings themselves. So, for example, um, employers are very transparent these days, or we, you know, we try and push them to be. So, you know, if you're a labourer, for example, go and have a look at other labourer roles online and and see if they're matching your hourly or annual rate. With some jobs, that can be a bit tricky, though, right? For example, I don't know. Let's pluck something out of the air. Podcast uh, host. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, do, do I go and pick up a copy of a magazine and go to producer Jono and say, "Hey, look at." Look at this um, Hillary Barry salary um, that these media people in New Zealand are getting. Um, That's significantly more than I'm getting, Jono. Uh, Sort this out. 
Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, you've got to think, are you satisfied? And, and do you think that you're getting paid what you're worth? You know, if, if you're not, then there are competitors out there. So you can always go have conversations with them. And then there's also recruitment agencies, right? Recruitment agencies are there to act on your behalf. Um, and so if you're interested in what your worth is, you know, there's no harm in picking up the phone and, and, and getting some insight and information from them. How do you deal with a no? You know, in terms of when you issue an ultimatum, when you lie down and take it, or or when, whether it's possible to gain some other kind of leverage, whether it's further down the line or a promise or a non-financial benefit, you know, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I think that the, the no is... Um it's a hard one to take, but I, I think what Kiwi haven't understood is the massive skill shortage we have been in in New Zealand for the last two, three years. There is massive demand for talent out there. Um, and I think, you know, you just need to go online and have a look at that. So I don't know if we should be taking a no. Um, I think, you know, we should be looking at what else is out there because there's plenty of opportunity. But yes, then there's other things like uh, flexibility, um, you know, that some people will take. Um, you know, it's really, really important for them and that stability is really really important for them as well but also setting up some kind of progression pathway is, is, is critical matt dolich from trade me thanks so much for your time really appreciate it thank you so much you hear a lot of chat about food prices here in new zealand but there's nothing quite like some cold hard data to throw everything in perspective actually emma Vitz recently moved from Auckland to Sydney and she has just written up a comparison of food prices between uh, New Zealand and Australia and she joins us now to chat a bit about what she found. Hey Emma. Hi. What is the headline? So basically New Zealanders are paying about 25% more for the same food than Australians after accounting for the exchange rate. Far out. That's a lot more. A quarter. It's a lot more. It is. And it sort of varies by category. So Milk, cheese and eggs are almost 40% more expensive, which is crazy, especially since we obviously, or New Zealand obviously produces quite a lot of that. And then meat, poultry and fish are are just over 30% more expensive. Fruits and vegetables are about 25% more expensive. Was there a particular food item, like one item that shocked you the most? I think it, it has to be cheese. I think we all kind of notice the difference a lot when it comes to cheese. So... 500 grams of tasty cheese cost $11.60 in New Zealand when I was looking online. And in Australia, this is under $7 once you um, account for the exchange rates. It's wild. Are there things that we could do practically in New Zealand to bring food prices down, do you think? I do think so. And I think one of the major areas of focus needs to be competition because I think that's really where you kind of are able to put a little bit more pressure on those on those major supermarket chains that really do have a hold on New Zealand consumers now. Um, so I, that would probably be the area that I would look at. Emma, that's, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Emil, what food item shocks you the most with its price at the supermarket? Caviar. Definitely. Oh. Just, oh, yeah, honestly, I'm Just really having, I might have to prices. sell the other Mercedes oh, if things dear. keep going. Well, let me have first dibs if you do. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's definitely cheese for me. And But see, cheese is like a non-negotiable in my household. Oh, really? Um, yeah, like we, 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 we love cheese and we love tasty cheese and we've tried mild and we've tried Colby. Um, and we try to eat them, and it's just not the same. It doesn't melt right. It doesn't taste right. So it, we're just biting the bullet on this one. I see. I don't buy blocks of cheese. 
Do you buy the shredded cheese? No, but I just don't really, you know, if I'm buying cheese, it's for a cheese board. So, But I, otherwise we don't really have cheese in the house. So for me, it's chippies. Because the price of chips is outrageous. <laughs> chips on your mind. So, I mean, with regard to what Emma was talking about, how much should a, a packet of chips cost you? Two dollars. <laughs> any chip. <laughs> any any chip should be two bucks, I reckon. And they're all north of two dollars fifty. What was yeah. I was I was looking um online supermarket shopping. A packet of Mexicano corn chips, four dollars. Oh, see, that's just taking the piss. That's it? double what it should be in my head. A packet of chips should cost two bucks. A kilo of tasty cheese could, should cost ten bucks, and that should be how it works. Let us know what shocks you the most at the supermarket. Is it chips? Is it cheese? Is it caviar? Is it something else? <laughs> Beginning with C at this point, it seems to be a trend that we've stumbled on. Head to Instagram. We'll chuck a little question box up on there at NewsableNZ. Let us know your thoughts, feelings, and most expensive food items. I don't even know if they sell caviar at the supermarket. (laughs) Fox News, the multi-billion dollar media conglomerate owned by Rupert Murdoch and his family, is about to go to court to defend itself against claims it defamed a computer company over the 2020 election result. Fox News aired claims like this. Welcome back. I'm back with Sidney Powell, who is part of President Trump's legal team in contesting this election. Sidney, we talked about the Dominion software. I know that there were voting irregularities. Tell me about that. Let's put it mildly. The computer glitches could not and should not have happened in at, at all. Those, that is where the fraud took place, where they were flipping votes in the computer system or adding votes that did not exist. Now, just to be clear, what Trump former lawyer Sidney Powell is describing there didn't happen. And Emil, this isn't, this wasn't the only instance, was it? No, no, this most certainly was not the only instance <laughs> of that. Uh, Fox News opinion hosts uh, regularly called into question the legitimacy of the election result, as, of course, did Donald Trump himself. Um, they accused a company uh, called Dominion Voting Systems of rigging results and said that their voting machines had been hacked uh, because Dominion wasn't secure. So Sidney Powell, who you just heard there, um, was a leading proponent of these theories and appeared on lots and lots of the many Fox shows that there are. But now we found out during the legal proceedings here that Fox News didn't actually believe what was being said on air. No, that's right. Uh, which is at the core of this lawsuit, really. You know, thousands of text messages and emails were released as part of this lawsuit, the discovery part of this lawsuit. And in them, uh, we found that Rupert Murdoch himself described these claims as, quote, really crazy, end quote. And uh, some of the hosts who were supporting them on air, these claims, that is, called them total BS, uh, insane, nonsense, uh, they said Powell was lying and a lunatic, uh, not, not not to mince words, uh, despite them then choosing to have uh, Sidney Powell on as a guest. Now, the US loves a court case. They love a bit of suing. 
what's this going to cost Fox? Yeah. I'm or gonna, what could it cost Fox? I'm going to tell my children, you know, find someone who loves you like the US loves a punitive lawsuit. <laughs> um, lots of money, basically. Dominion wants $1.6 billion in damages, uh, which is a lot. And it also wants... That's a lot of cash. Yeah, it, it wants punitive damages on top of that. So who knows how high that could go. Um, it's something that's assessed in the legal process to punish a defendant for negligence. So, yeah, honestly, the, the sky is, is kind of the limit on how high that could actually go. There's also a second lawsuit that's brewing from another election technology company, Smartmatic, uh, which is for an even higher amount, though you do have to put those numbers into context. You know, they might be used just for sort of media bombast purposes. Um, the, the numbers do fluctuate tremendously in American lawsuit cases. But this is just, its I, I find it a fascinating case. Um, Fox and many other American channels editorialized to the nth degree on issues like this and push defamation really, really close to the limit, again, because of those freedom of speech um, rules. And basically, um, Dominion's kind of calling them on their bullshit here. Um, there's been a lot of swearing, but, you know, Fox is f***ed around and uh, maybe they're about to find out. Kia ora, Aotearoa, and welcome to The Big Stuff Quiz. I'm your host, Imogen Wells, alongside my assistant, the wonderful Chris Reid. Hello, everyone. Each week, we'll release a new episode to test your wits with two rounds of ten questions. One potluck round, and another that's very loosely themed. A bit tangential, even. Such a good word. If you think you're up for the challenge, go and follow our show on your favourite podcast platform, The Big Stuff Quiz, is out now. The Big Stuff Quiz is proudly brought to you by Melbourne. Every bit different. We are, as we so often do on this pod, going in for a hard pivot right now, um, pivoting away from Fox News, and we're going to talk fertility for a hot second. Yes, it's a smorgasbord of uh, subjects here on Newsboard, as it always is every day. So why are we talking fertility? Well, um, a new stuff podcast launches today. It's called The Human Race, and it is all about fertility and the struggles that some Kiwis, probably way more Kiwis than you would think, go through when they are trying to have a baby. As many as one in four New Zealanders experience infertility. And I am, I take birth control and I personally am quite nervous for when or if I do try for a baby to see how it goes. I have no idea what my experience is going to be. And I'm sure you and many of us, we all know someone who has experienced um, infertility and have have issues and it's awful and it's and it's traumatic for many people, um, but it's also very important to talk about. Yeah, I agree and and I think I, I mean I, I have to say I'm in a, I, well <laughs> I'm not in a similar boat to you um, for obvious reasons, but I, I I feel a similar way. It's not something that I've really thought about at any stage of my life previous to now, and now I, I kind of. It gives me a sense of nervousness and anxiety if something were to be wrong on that score. It would sort of, uh, well, not wrong. It's, even that is probably the, it's, it's not the right way to talk about it. But, you know, if something were not as I expected it on that score, it would really upend things for me. And uh, yeah, it, it, it is a funny thing, isn't it? I haven't thought about it. And maybe one of the reasons I haven't thought about it is that people don't really talk about this. And I guess that's kind of what this podcast is trying to do, right? You took the words right out of my mouth. The Human Race will be live from 11am today. The first episode is with Sharon and Bryce Casey. You can find it in all the usual places you get your podcasts from. Emma, you are a great lover of musical theatre. Oh, 
I love the theatre. I love musical theatre. I'm going to Wicked on Friday night. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, what's the, that's got, I think I'll try defying gravity. Mm-hmm. Is that Wicked? Didn't, didn't, didn't ask you to sing it. But here it is. Many musicals have very recognisable and singable songs. Les Miserables, you know, I Dreamed a Dream. And, the, the, you know, say the song's going on and it's lit the fire in your heart and your belly and your soul. Um, but generally, I think that you'd agree, it's considered pretty poor form to join in with the singer when... <laughs> the very idea of joining <laughs> During a performance, it's just, I am crying because it yeah. just, it sounds so ridiculous. Unless you were in the audience at a recent Manchester performance of The Bodyguard, which was a movie with Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston in it. The Bodyguard is the movie where the song um, I Will Always Love You was performed by Whitney Houston. And um, some people in this crowd, uh, they could not uh, restrain themselves, could they, Emma? No, they couldn't. Um, <laughs> it was a, a bunch of women, I believe, were thrown out after joining in, as you say, <laughs> and there were fights in the <laughs> aisles and someone <laughs> tweeted that there was even a mini riot a because these women wouldn't stop singing along and police were involved. Two women were forcibly removed from the theatre. And this is not this is not a one-off. Apparently a similar thing happened in Glasgow uh, during the performance of the exact same musical. Maybe it's just the song. It's I Will Always Love You. You know, it's it's hard not to sing. I I, I, I sympathise with these people. Like, I wouldn't do it. But maybe I also, I, I used to work at a theatre in London, mind, mm. not Manchester, but, you know, frequent groups of people that would come to the theatre to see shows like The Bodyguard. I used to work uh, at one that showed Mamma Mia, the musical, mm-hmm. and, like, your frequent customer was... Um, a group of women who were there in London on their hen's do celebrating yeah, someone's right. birthday. Like it was the gals are out. What would they always order at the bar? A bottle of Prosecco. So you've got right. a beer in mind. <laughs> There's probably a couple of bottles of fizz in these women as well. I um, I am curious, following on from this, what your go-to karaoke song is. I mean, do you reckon you could belt out a Whitney Houston I Will Always Love You? I could till, till the key change. And <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I love a classic um, brown-eyed girl or or dancing queen. What's your go-to? Uh, Angels, Robbie Williams. Uh. Or Lose Yourself by Eminem. Oh, two very different genres. Get you a co-host that has range, everyone. That's Newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. That was a lovely thing to say. <laughs> I'm Emil Donovan. I'm touched by that. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your favourite podcast player. Leave us a rating and a review. It helps other listeners to discover the show, and we would really appreciate it. Even better, if you know someone who'd enjoy the pod, share it with them. Have a good one. If you like this podcast, please support our work visit stuff.co.nz support.